Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oh, Boris laying the table for us there. Tennis World is taking his talents to South Beach. Welcome to TC Live at the Miami Open. This is our post-game show to get you caught up on all the big stories and highlights from day one in the Sunshine State. Straight ahead, we will break down all the exciting matchups. Plus, it is a Taylor Fritz fiesta after the Americans' biggest title. And Danny and Prakash get you ready for day two in Miami. With that, we welcome you inside our Santa Monica studio. Steve Weissman, happy to be back alongside Chanda Rubin from the desert back to the city, Chanda. It's, we, we only had one day apart. You can't get rid of me, Steve. <laughs> you cannot as much as you try. I'm here. Let's keep the party going. Let's go. Yeah. Right? Sunshine Might double. Might as well. And guess what? we got a special guest today joined for these two weeks for Miami with the Hall of Famer, the two-time Miami Open champion, Andy Roddick back on the big screen. Andy, great to see you. We missed you. I missed you guys. You know what's an intimidating prospect, Steve, is watching the two of you just execute to perfection in Indian Wells and fearing that I'm just going to mess it all up. You were going to enhance the product, Andy Roddick. Uh, we look forward to these two weeks having you with us. It's going to be fantastic. But we got some big news to start the show. We've got Rafa Nadal, who not only suffered his first loss of the season on Sunday, but he also suffered a stress fracture in one of his ribs that will keep him out for four to six weeks. Chanda, uh, what was your reaction when you heard this? Uh, it was concerning, obviously, seeing it in Indian Wells. His semifinal match saw the trainer, and then in the final, you could tell there was something wrong, and we knew that it had to do with that chest area. A stress fracture, that's tough, and you just never quite know how it's going to heal. You could see how much pain Nadal was in throughout that match in the finals, and you know what an effort to just complete the match. Uh, two guys with Taylor mm. Fritz kind of walking wounded, but you know you wonder is it going to take the full six weeks? If it does, uh, even that would still give Nadal a few weeks before Roland Garros to be able to play, maybe get ready, maybe play a warm-up uh, tournament, maybe not. So it is somewhat positive to know that it's not too long, but what a bad time of the year for it to come for a guy who looks forward to the red clay so much and started the year so great. Yeah, and, and the first question I have, and I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm by means no, no expert on, on rib stress factors, but is he still able to, to move and train his legs if he avoids the torque of actually hitting those those big guard strokes, how early can he actually start the, the, the training, right? The on-court training for his fitness. Because it, it's one thing being hurt where you can't actually work on your legs. It's a different animal if you can keep your legs in shape. And then it's just a matter of getting reps and hitting balls. You know, Rafa's played plenty of matches on clay throughout his career. So obviously going to be disappointed, disappointed. It seems like Monte Carlo's off the table. Barcelona's off the table. Maybe Madrid, maybe Rome. We just don't know. But can he get back? on the court and at least move and train his legs in two, three weeks. If he can do that, then I'm not too worried about Roland Garros. And nine weeks away from Roland Garros right now. Uh, four weeks would be the week of Barcelona. Six weeks would be Madrid. 
So we will see, but we'll keep you updated here on Tennis Channel as well as Tennis.com. The first round starting for the ladies in Miami today. We had the match of the day. All-American showdown between Amanda Anasimova and Shelby Rogers. Rogers rallied from a set and 4-1 down to beat her last year, Chanda. She would need another comeback today. It's always such a tough match against Anasimova, who hits the ball so cleanly and has been playing excellent tennis since the beginning of the year, but it's come and gone at times, and Shelby Rogers, she just doesn't give up, doesn't go away. That's been a real staple of her game, her ability to fight through adversity on the court. She stepped up, took that second set with some good serving. Anna Samova's game dropped off. She kind of went away, and Rogers took advantage. To Anna Samova's credit, she got back to it in the third set, but Rogers at that point was in such a good rhythm. The forehand, a big weapon. She's been looking to move inside the court after those huge shots, and the serve started clicking and really did a great job in converting when she had opportunities. Shelby went to join Danny and Prakash at our desk after the win. Your composer that you were able to to show off there after losing that first set. What what was the light switch? You just dropped three games after that. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could tell you I planned it that way and it went right to script, but it didn't. I mean, she's such an incredible player. She's had a great season so far. And when she's on, it's really tough to do anything. So after the first set, I'm like, well, you got to do something different because you're just running side to side and she's hitting all these winners. So I thought I served a bit better um, as the match went on, which really helped me get out of some tough situations today and just tried to use the wind because it did get a little breezy there. So tried to use the wind to my advantage a little bit and play smart. Yeah, Shelby gets Elena Ostapenko, who she just beat at Indian Wells next round. Meantime, we got the pride of King of Prussia, PA, taking on former Pepperdine star Meyer Sharif. Ann Lee, rematch from earlier this year when Ann Lee only lost two games. Chanda, this was more of a fight. It was, and Sharif got off to a good start, and that's not easy when you have a losing record against an opponent. But she was so strong with her legs, her footwork around the court, and really leaned into a lot of those ground strokes to take the first set. But Ann Lee started playing a bit smarter, started giving herself a bit more margin, especially when she was stretched out on the edges of the court, started using her serve better, especially the first serve, really setting up her first balls and was able to step in like that time and time again. She's a good athletic mover around the court. Lee is. She's an aggressive player and she was able to use her full game down the stretch in the third. Impressive stuff to get her first victory in Miami. Yeah, first main draw appearance in Miami and Ann Lee victorious. Well, seven years ago, Daria Saville made her Miami debut as a wild card, took out Maria Sharapova, looking to build up a strong showing at Indian Wells against Great Minute. She's a fighter, uh, Savo, and I keep wanting to say Gavrilovici, so just poke me when I do. But <laughs> this first set was gritty, and she kind of gutted it out, extending some of the rallies, hitting through big lanes when she had opportunities, really took the shot selection up a level, and in the second set just continued with that good form. A quick break early and had a tremendous lead. The second set, though, got a little tricky. Menon able to win a few games in a row, a couple of games at the end, but Savile really showed a lot of grit to close it out, and really nice to see her back out on court healthy. Former top 20 player had Achilles surgery last February, now up to 211 in the live rankings, uh, faces Simona Halep next. No men's matches in Miami until Wednesday, but take a look at some of the first-round matches that we have for you. We've got Andy Murray. He is a two-time champ, could face Daniil Medvedev in the second round. Seb Korda made his first Masters quarterfinal here last year. Takes on Alejandro Davidovich-Fokina. But, Andy, I want to get your thoughts 
on Nick Kyrgios opens up against Adrian Manorino. We saw Kyrgios, who's made two semifinals in Miami, get to his first Masters quarterfinal in five years last week at Indian Wells. He's almost back in the top 100. What did you think of him in the desert? I, I thought he was phenomenal and, and always entertaining. I can say one thing with absolute certainty, Steve. He's the best player I've ever seen with the career-high ranking of number 13. I can promise you that. But the way he goes about his business, he likes playing the top players. He goes nuts. That's why we like to watch him. Whether we love the way he acts or hate the way he acts, we always watch the way he acts. And he can absolutely go crazy, decimate a racket, and then he gives it to a fan, and we're like, oh, okay, that was kind of cool. He's this polar. We don't know what to think at any given moment. But what we'll see here in Miami, Steve, what's important is, is he going to be satisfied with that result in Indian Wells, making that that semifinal going deep, uh, sorry, in the quarterfinals of Indian Wells? Can he build on that? Can he create consistency? That's something he's always lacked. We've never once questioned what his ceiling is, what his upside is. It's can he do it time after time and keep it together between the ears? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, that's always the question. And, you know, he's such a talent, Kyrgios is. And one of the things I was impressed with throughout Indian Wells was how composed he seemed to be in terms of his thought process on court, how consistent he was. Obviously, he's got the weapons. But at the end of that match with Nadal, it was really disappointing. I mean, I hate watching how he acts out. So I'm going to say that right off the bat. And I thought, you know, it was very, even for Kyrgios, very immature with what he had been saying about trying, you know, to play more because he's getting older, trying to play a more mature brand of tennis. Some of the racket throwing and that last one at the end where the ball kid had to move, that was scary. And I just hope that he can start to get that out of his game. I think he should have gotten some type of penalty for that. I think it's you can't excuse it. But at the end of the day, if he can play the kind of tennis he played at Indian Wells and maybe cut out some of that, you know, it'd be fun to really watch Kyrgios consistently again. Miami's a place where he's had a lot of success, 12-4 and four overall, beats Casper Ruud at Indian Wells, pushes Rafa. So we'll see which Nick Kyrgios shows up in South Beach at Hard Rock Stadium. A lot more still to get to here on TC Live. Andy and Chanda always go where fashion sits. They'll be putting on the fritz as Taylor brought the winning styles to Indian Wells. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He's playing one of the greatest, if not the greatest of all time. A career-defining moment for Taylor Fritz, who comes of age here in Indian Wells. A first Masters 1000 title, and he's done it the hard way. What a moment for Taylor Fritz. First American to win at Indian Wells since 2001. Back to the top-ranked American man in the world at a career-high number 13. I mean, this was truly hero stuff. Playing on an injured foot, going on court despite his coaches telling him not to, and giving Rafa Nadal his first loss of the year. Andy, 
Got to get your thoughts on what you made of Taylor Fritz breaking through for this title at Indian Wells. Well, obviously the focus is going to be on that final, that win against Rafa. But the thing that I took away is he won a couple third set breakers along the way. Tough matches from start to finish in this tournament. The difference between Taylor Fritz now and Taylor Fritz even a year ago is he's getting through all of the tough matches. He's uh, completely convinced of what he's doing strategically. And I know when someone has a celebrity coach, we give a lot of credit to the coach and not so much when it's not a celebrity coach. Mike Russell has done an amazing job with getting Taylor Fritz to commit to game plans, to do things with confidence, and he's improved his return game uh, tenfold. If you, when you used to make a first serve against Taylor, he was hit or miss. He didn't make a lot of returns. He was good at attacking weak second serves, but that was kind of it on the return game. I love what I'm seeing from Taylor Fritz has developed a nice little kick serve to go along with the slider uh, on the second serve. Uh, just is improved leaps and bounds and completely believes in what he's doing right now. Oh, that's I love you saying that, Andy, because that was the exact thought that I had. It's the belief you see in the Taylor Fritz game. Under pressure, that's really what comes through. He knows he can get, you know, those important points on his serve, that he can play from his strengths. And when it came time to take the shots, to pull the trigger uh, in the big moments, he didn't hesitate. And we saw it time and time again and against top players at Indian Wells. He has a perfect record uh, against top 10. I mean, that is, you know, the keys to getting up to the top of the game and playing consistently at that level. It was so impressive how clutch he was. And, you know, even to have the confidence to say, to his team, no, I'm going out there and I'm playing. We can call it stubbornness or call it whatever you want, but you know that took some real guts and in the end got the biggest title of his career because of it. Yeah, a, a lot of guts to even take the court. And then we found out what Rafa was going through as well, and it's a good thing that Taylor played that match to get the victory of his life. Andy, obviously you won big titles earlier in your career, kept winning big titles. How can Taylor take this, not make it a one-off, and keep it going? Well, he's just got to forget about the wins and losses, right? He's got to stay process-focused. Go into Miami, start over. Let's focus on getting through this first match. Let's not have a kind of an Indian Wells hangover. We'll have time to focus later on, but right now, it's another step. Let's get through the first match. Let's get our feet into this tournament. It's different conditions. It's not the same light air as Indian Wells. Let's create a new set of challenges, get our focus back in. Uh, Let's keep the momentum going. You know, you can pick and choose... Uh, you, you, your effort level, you can you know rely on your fitness, but you can't. You don't always have those moments in your career where you know you're firing on all cylinders, and you have to take advantage when you have confidence in a bottle. He has that right now. I would love to see another big run in Miami. That's what the best players do. They consistently make inroads into tournaments. Let's see if Taylor Fritz is able to do that. Yeah, I think it'll be interesting. You know, the one question I might have is physically. Obviously, the ankle was an issue at some point. Um, He worked through it. How much did he feel it afterwards? How many days does he need to recover? Will he be fit enough, you know, to be able to toss the balls up in Miami? That's going to be the big question. It would be a shame if he wasn't because, as Andy mentioned, you know, that momentum is huge. When you are on this kind of a run to be able to keep playing, to be able to build on it is such an advantage. So hopefully he is healthy um, and and doesn't have any major after effects from playing on that ankle. We don't know for sure that he's going to play. We do know that he's in Miami, and we do know that he is in the draw. Could face Botic van der Zanschulp in his first match. That won't be easy in Miami. But we hope Taylor's ankle foot is good to go and that we see him continuing to win big titles. When we come back, three-time major champion Stan Bavrinka making a return to the court. We'll tell you where and when next. You're watching TC Live.
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Tanda, Andy, Steve back on TC Live. Some qualifying results from Miami on the women's side. Lauren Davis able to come through. Caroline Dalahide going down to Anna Kalinskaya. And Christina McHale falling as well. On the men's side, some Americans getting some big wins. Dennis Kudla, proud of the DMV, won the Phoenix Challenger last week. Gets in two qualifying matches. J.J. Wolf, Mitchell Kruger as well. Paro Daniel getting past Bjorn Fratangelo. And not pictured, Jack Sock, a 6-2, 6-2 winner over Stevie Johnson. So he qualifies for Miami after getting a one win at Indian Wells in singles, but also the doubles title, his second Indian Wells doubles title with John Isner. Uh, Andy, what do you make of uh, Jack Sock trying to revitalize that singles career at 144 in the world right now? Well, I mean, I, I think he should be doing more of this, playing qualities and actually earning his way into draws. You know, if, if I'm Jack Sock and I take a hard look in the mirror and I say, listen, I haven't finished in the top 100 since 2017 now. I want those matches. I want to get two matches before I have to play someone top 50 in the world in, in one of the biggest tournaments. I actually think this is probably the best medicine for Jack at this point in his career if he wants to make a run uh, in singles again. I mean, he's beyond reproach in doubles. It's my personal opinion that he's probably the doubles best doubles player in the world and he's kind of the, the chosen double specialist on the Labor Cup team, uh, the same on the Davis Cup team. But if he wants to make another run in singles, I think he has to do it the hard way. And I think this is actually a gift that he wasn't given a wild card and was forced to go through qualities. And it looks like he found a little form. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of times we look at players, you know, still playing doubles and say, okay, that can help their singles. It keeps them out on court, winning matches with Jack Sock. I mean, he's such a great doubles player that you just expect it. He doesn't always play, but when he does, no matter who he plays with, it seems like he can win the tournament. The question is, how much commitment is he bringing to the singles court? And that's been the real question. No doubt he is such a talent because, you know, he can come back and challenge anybody, even at the top of the game. He is a dangerous opponent for a lot of players, but it's the consistency level. And I absolutely agree. When you have to get down and earn your spot, go through qualifying, get those extra matches in singles, you know, that can elevate your game. And so, you know, there may be an identity crisis for Jack Sock at times, whether, you know, he wants to primarily be a singles player versus, you know, playing doubles, which is more of the easy road for his talent. Uh, but you know, hopefully he can kind of recommit and start to reap some of the benefits consistently on the singles court. It finished eight in the world 2017. And as Andy said, hasn't been in the top 100 in any year-end rank since then. Time to enter the social net here on TC Live. And we've got Roger Federer, Mr. Cool, the lighting, the, the forehand, the, the shadows, straight fire, Andy. What, what do you make of Federer's comeback here? Well, one, I'm happy that his team looked healthy to see. And two, I think it's awesome that he's still ironing his T-shirts. That's awesome. <laughs> uh, now, now our, our good friend Marty Fish had some uh, constructive criticism, shall we say. Chandy, is it... Terrible technique, what? get you know he's not really moving and bending his knees as much he's kind of slapping at the forehand but that's the kind of talent 
Roger Federer is. And all of those shots are going to go in. So I don't know. I mean, the technique seems okay to me when you look at the results. Yeah, I uh, I also, I'll, I'll let you in on a little secret with Marty Fish. Every other statement he makes is drenched in sarcasm. So I'm guessing he was thinking, hey, listen, after a year of not hitting tennis balls, that still looks pretty good. Hey, Andy, are you in the same basement as Roger Federer? Kind of kind of looks that way. <laughs> hey, Steve, we had different careers, which means that I don't have a tennis court in my basement. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Stan Bavreka is, is making a comeback. We haven't seen him in, in about 12 months. Gets a wild card into a challenger in Spain. Three-time major champion who underwent two surgeries. A couple of them on his left foot, Andy. Good to see Stan back. Yeah, I mean, listen, Stan's uh, biggest strength was never his movement, right? It's his ball-striking ability. It's his ability to take the racket out of his opponent's hands. I love what he's doing. We just referenced it in the previous segment with Jack Sock going and playing a challenger. Stan Wawrinka knows what he has to do. Let's go get some matches in before he takes that wild card in Monte Carlo. Uh, listen, we, we hope he's healthy, and we hope we get to see some of those vintage one-handers. We want more from Stan Wawrinka. Hope to see him uh, at Roland Garros, the place he has raised that trophy before a lot still to get to on TC Live, showing you our coverage here of the Miami Open. We've got you covered every single day, 11 a.m. Eastern for the day session, night session at 7 p.m. TC Live to follow the last match and encore coverage all night long. Be back with more. Welcome back to TC Live. Our featured matches on Wednesday. Coverage begins 11 a.m. Eastern. Naomi Osaka is in the house taking on Astra Sharma. Mackie McDonald there. Ali Risk. Sloan Stevens. And how about that Nick Kyrgios, Adrian Manorino tilt. Let's head back to the Hard Rock for a preview with Danny and Prakash. All right, Steve, back at the Tennis Channel Cadillac desk. P, the biggest match we're going to see on Wednesday is four-time Grand Slam champion Naomi Osaka playing Astra Sharma in a first round. She does not have a bye. No, she doesn't. Look, Astra Sharma, it's interesting. She's 26, but Singaporean-born, Australian. I, I think Naomi is someone that she's looked up to, even though Naomi is a little bit younger. And Astra Sharma's a, a tall player. She's five foot ten, brings a pretty big serve. So I think a couple of those things, she's going to be very fired up and bringing a lot of firepower. For Naomi, I don't think her opponents or who she's playing or the tennis even really matters that much. I really think it's about her and, and where she's feeling in her mental state. She's got so many things going on business-wise and so forth. So I just want to see her come out strong, feel good, focus on the tennis. Looking forward to it. Let's send it back over to Steve over in Santa Monica. All right, thanks so much, guys. So, obviously, the last time we saw Naomi Osaka losing to Veronica Kudermatova was heckled by a fan. She did beat Sloane Stevens first round, great match. Heckled by a fan early in that one. Uh, that really affected her performance. What do you expect to see in Miami? Yeah, I think these are the uncertainties about Naomi Osaka, where she is mentally and emotionally. I think, you know, in terms of her game, if she's firing on all cylinders, she can take the racket out of anybody's hand, and she will certainly have more firepower than Astra Sharma. But, you know, that's always the tough parts about first-round matchups. And, you know, Sharma, she has everything to gain in this match. She's a player that looks to be aggressive, but can't really go toe-to-toe with Osaka from the ground. So if Osaka is playing, you know, just a, a basic level of tennis, this should be a match she gets through. Yeah, on the macro level, I don't worry about Naomi Osaka if she gets to the semis or the finals of an event, right? If she gets kind of a, the, the motor going and, and kind of creates the, the habit of winning. 
you know, it, it's amazing how much can change in a year. Going into Miami last year, she was on a 21-match win streak. Uh, I was a dummy saying, hey, you know, I know Ash Barty, the, the, the ranking next to her name is number one, but we know who the real number one player is coming off of two straight Grand Slams. It's obviously Naomi Osaka. She's unbeatable. Nothing can stop her. But here we are. We, 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 I don't think we had a full view of what the, uh, the mental health issues were and obviously what we saw with Roland Garros and how that's kind of manifested itself. So uh, for Osaka, I like that she's not getting a bye. I think she wants as many matches as possible to just make playing tennis and playing a match normal again, right? I think that's the goal for Naomi Osaka. She has the talent. She hits the serve just as big. She hits the ground strokes just as big. Nothing has changed as far as her game, but I'd love to see her get three, four matches into a tournament and give us a real view of what Naomi Osaka can play like. Yeah, if this is about tennis, this should be a routine win for Naomi Osaka. We'll see what goes down tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. Andy, it is so great to have you back on TC Live. I'm happy to be with you all. I can't wait for this, this whole tournament. It's going to be great. For Andy and Chanda, I'm Steve. Thanks for watching TC Live. We will see you back here tomorrow.